Carter Report presents worship from the Community Adventist Fellowship in Glendale, California. A special welcome to all of our viewers in North America and our new friends and churches in Russia. Today, you'll enjoy outstanding music and the preaching of the everlasting gospel by pastor, teacher, and evangelist John Carter. Please get your Bible and study the Word of God with us today. Thank you for joining us for Worship and Praise. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Look at the people here in the United States. Look at those in Los Angeles or wherever you happen to live. People who need Jesus Christ. They walk, they talk, they speak. But if they don't know the living God, they're spiritually dead. And God has called each one of us into the ministry of reconciliation, telling lost people there's a holy God in heaven who loves them. A few years ago, I wrote this song that says, what is the prayer of my heart? I've traveled to 30 countries of the world. Nothing affected me like Russia. The greatest evangelistic opportunity in my lifetime and maybe in a thousand years to share the gospel of Christ with people who are literate, people who can read and write, people who have been denied access to the Bible, and people who are hungry and thirsty. Let's reap where there is a harvest. Look at the people just walking around, lost without Jesus, they need to be found. People far distant or neighbors next door, seeing the need. I must pray all the more. Touch the world, precious Lord, through me. Use my life so that eyes may see. Fold they have gone, yet you love everyone. Touch the world, precious Lord, through me. Millions away. To hear, wandering in darkness and shackled by fear, their people are distant, or our neighbors next door. Seeing the need, we must
touch the world, precious Lord, through me. Touch the world, precious Thank you. Thank you for ministering to us. Here is a Russian Bible. Uh, in our last campaign in the city of Nizhny Novgorod, it was our joy to, to see 23,000 Russian people get the Word of God for the first time in their lives. This is the wonderful Russian Bible. It doesn't matter in what language it is written, my friend, it is the Word of God. And the Word of God has tremendous, mighty power. I mentioned this last week only briefly, but two weeks ago, uh, this coming Monday, so that was only 12 days ago, uh, we went to the city of Dzinsk for the second time, like the city of Gorky, it had been a closed city. A closed because of its strategic importance. It was where a Stalin had centered all the chemical industries for the, for the vast Soviet Union. And so this city was, was out of bounds for every person. And uh, less than two weeks ago, the people who were coming to those meetings there, this was a side effort, the people who were coming to those meetings there, received for the very first time a copy of the Bible in their own language. I'll never forget saying to that wonderful, that magnificent audience, uh, would you raise your hands if this is the first time that you have had a copy of the Bible? That this is the first time that you have seen the Bible? That you've actually put your hands on a Bible? And thousands of hands went up. This was the first time those people had ever seen the Word of God. The first, they had come to seven meetings, and after coming to seven meetings, they were allowed to take home a Bible. It was an emotional experience, as I said to the people through uh, the translator, uh, Nikolai, whom we baptized, glory be to God, last year. Nikolai was baptized last year. Now he's preaching the Word himself. Uh, I said, would you please turn to John chapter 3. You don't need to turn to it, you know it. But those people had never opened a Bible before. And I said, would you please turn to John chapter 3. Now, I don't know where it is here, because the writing looks a little strange. But the people turned to John chapter 3 and verse 16, and for the first time in their lives, they read the text, for God so loved the world. I, I read it in English, and then I said, now have the people read it in Russian. Read it after you, Nikolai. And Helen, you'll remember when the people read the words in Russian, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You think they've never heard it before. 
that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, will not perish, but will have everlasting life. As those beloved Russian people, the vast majority who were atheists and unbelievers, read the word of God, we saw the tears start. The tears start and hard faces that had never heard the word of God before were now, were now bathed in tears because I want to tell you today, there is a power in the word of God. And it doesn't matter where it is. There's power in the gospel of John 3.16. Now who am I to say it is the greatest text in the Bible, but I think it is certainly one of the greatest texts. For God so loved the world. That means that God so loved you, my friend. God so, so loved you that he gave his only son that if you and I had been the only lost sons and daughters, there would have been a cross. So this tells me that God loves us and it tells me too that the power of the gospel is the greatest power in the universe. There is a greater power in the gospel of Jesus than the power of all the tanks in the ex-Soviet Union. Greater power than all the armies of the ex-Soviet Union. There, there is greater power in John 3.16 than in all the atom bombs stored in America and in the ex-Soviet Union. I want to tell you this today, and I want you to think about this. The power of God's word is so vast and so great, and I'm talking to you today and to our viewers on 3ABN, whom I'm going to welcome now, though a little belatedly, I want to give you a, a special welcome. And as I talk to you today, I want you to know this, that there is power in God's word to melt frozen hearts. And if you've got a loved one and her heart or his heart is frozen in callousness, there is still power. It's not hopeless. There is power in the word of God to melt frozen hearts. There is power to break stony hearts. Sometimes you meet a person whose heart is so hard, Steve, and he seems to be so callous and so indifferent but there's power in the word of God to break stony hearts. There is power to melt frozen hearts. There is power to forgive the worst of sinners. There is power to cleanse the filthiest character. There is power to heal the sin-sick soul. There is power to overturn empires. That's what's happened today in Russia. Uh, even though the situation apparently was, was hopeless, there is power in the word of God to overturn empires. And I know that many of our people who are going to watch us and are watching on television are concerned about what's happening today in Washington. I want to say there are reasons to be concerned, but I want to tell you this, Bill Clinton is not running this country. God is in charge of this world. You want to hear this? Isn't this the truth? We don't need to be concerned about what, what goes on in this world because God only allows men and women to go so far. Because God is in charge. Uh, somebody said to me the other day,
uh, somebody said to me the other day, uh, what do you think of this, of this great display of, of, of blatant, perverted sexuality down the streets of, of Washington with the endorsement of the administration? Uh, the Review and Herald said the lesbians were marching uh, bare-breasted. And they say, what is happening to our country? I want to tell you, this country is in the greatest time of crisis. And there are, are forces that are unchristian, undemocratic, that are ungodly, that are, that are going to do everything they can to, to overthrow everything decent that what we believe the Bible teaches about. But I want to tell you, there's power in the Word of God to overthrow that too. I want to tell you, in this land of Russia where, where the communists ruled and the church was trampled underfoot, God is now displaying his power and multitudes are coming to know God. So I want you to know there is power to overturn empires and corrupt governors and governments. There is power to frustrate the, the politics uh, and, and all of the uh, plans of conniving politicians. Sometimes you and I may feel that we are victims of fate. We are never victims of fate. God has got power in the Word to overturn all the plans of conniving politicians in the world and in the church. Hear what I'm saying? There is power in the Word to transform and sanctify. There is even power in this Word to raise the dead. And so this book that we hold in our hands today, and this book, this Russian book, these are not ordinary books. These books contain the power of Almighty God. So I want you to turn down your Bible over here to a great text, please. And it's a text that you know well, but I want you to read it just the same, please. I want you to come over here to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. The book of Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. And I think you folks ought to know where I as your pastor stand as far as what is going on today in this, this great land of the United States of America. I believe that what we need more than anything else in America is a return to the great principles of the Protestant reformers. That's what I believe. I believe we need to get back to the teachings of the Puritans. I believe we need a radical reformation. I believe we need to turn back to the Bible. I do not believe in the union of church and state. I am opposed to that but neither do I believe in God, godlessness being backed uh, by the leaders of the nation. And I believe that you and I need to know where we are going and we need to take a stand for what we believe in. Don't you believe in it? Absolutely. And while I'm talking about this, let me say something else. And this, and this is heavy on my heart and it's hot on my heart because I've come from Russia. Russia has learned after 70 years the curse of atheism and the curse of socialism. You know what socialism says? 
Socialism says the government will take care of you. And if you need anything, you don't need to work anymore. The government will take care of you. And so in Russia, everybody was entitled to a, to a handout. And you know what it's done? It has destroyed one of the greatest nations in the world. And somebody has said, the way this nation is going, we are going to become the last bastion of socialism in the world. Isn't it amazing? That here you've got a great nation like Russia, and God has put his hand upon that nation, and that nation is, is turning from, has turned from atheism, turned from socialism, and this great nation, and that nation is turning to the Bible, and this nation is turning from the Bible, and is, and is giving in to the views of the humanists, and the socialists, and the sexual perverts, and somebody said it's going to become the last bastion of the handout society. I want to tell you, and I don't say this to offend you, but you just listen to me, my friend. If you want the blessing of God, build your life upon the Word of God. I believe in freedom, and I believe in freedom to work hard. I believe in freedom to worship God, and I believe in the great truths that are taught in this book. Now let me read you this text, please, Romans chapter 1. <coughs> Romans chapter 1, and here it is, and you know it. Verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is, what does it say? It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. My brother, my sister, it is the gospel, the story of God's love, the story of the cross, that is the power of God to salvation. Can I tell you something? There is no greater tragedy than the tragedy of a preacher who substitutes the power of the gospel for the power of human philosophy. And so that when people go along to church, they get a great talk on philosophy or psychology or some other theory. My friend, it is this book that is the power of God to salvation. It is the story of Jesus. You know, we say this to the glory of Jesus, and Jesus alone ought to get the glory because what is man? Man is simply animated mud on the way to dust. That's all we are. Simply animated mud on the way to dust except for the grace of God, so no man ought to take the glory. But in that part of Russia, in the last 12 and a half months, there have been 3,750 baptisms, glory be to God, plus another 1,500 in the baptismal class, glory be to God. And when we went to Dzinsk, I wondered, and Norm came with me, and, and other folks came with me, Helen was there, and what we took with us were some great uh, paintings of the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection. And we put those up, we hung those uh, uh, on the stage. 
And that night when I preached to the people, I preached on the death of Jesus. I want you to know today that there is tremendous power in the preaching of the cross of Jesus. There is tremendous power in the cross. And people, I want to say this humbly, but I give the glory to God, and I want you to know this, people have asked the question, Paul, why did we see so much of the blessing of God in Gorky? Why did we see so, much, so many baptisms? Why did we see the power of God? I will tell you why we saw the power of God, because it was our plan and our intent to uplift not ourselves, but the cross of Jesus. And there's power in the cross. The Apostle Paul said, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in the city of Dzinsk, like the city of Gorky, when I preached on the cross and told them, hanging on the cross was God. Hanging on the cross was, was the Son of God, and he was bearing our sins. I said, do uh, you think I understand this? No, I don't understand it myself. But when I go to a doctor and the doctor says, you take the medicine, do you think the, the patient has to be a chemist or a physicist to understand before he can take the medicine? I do not understand fully what happened on the cross. The Bible says God's son became sin for us. And God placed my sin upon Jesus and your sin. And Jesus was judged for my sin on the cross. Jesus became cursed for me. The Bible says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And that is the gospel we preached in Russia. And I said, you may not understand it, but take the medicine because it is the power of God. It will save your life. And our Lord Jesus Christ is not dead in a moldy old tomb. Our Lord Jesus Christ has been resurrected and he's home in glory. You hear this? Now, my friend, we're talking here about the power of God. And if the power of God can take an atheist and a communist... Uh, two weeks ago tomorrow, we hired three ships to take the new converts for a ride on the Volga so I could press their hands. I never had opportunity because there were so many. There were thousands, and they couldn't fit on the three ships. They had to send the great giant Russian uh, catamaran back uh, to, to get the rest of the people because they couldn't fit on. But one man was standing on the wharf as I got off the boat. Uh, we thought we would be literally crushed. There were so many people there, new, born-again believers. We thought we were going to get crushed to death by them because there were so many people on the wharf just by the mass of bodies, and our guards stood around us and linked arms to save us from getting hurt. But getting off the boat, there was a man with uh, a goatee beard, and I thought, what an interesting face. And I went to him, and I said through the interpreter, tell me, who are you? He said, my name is, I think his name was uh, Vladimir. And I said, uh, you were baptized? He said, yes, a year ago. And then he said straight away, I have peace. I have peace. I said, what were you? He said, I was a member of the Communist Party. He said, I was involved in the training of the, young, of the young comrades, these young men who were going to be raised up to be the leaders of the Communist State. And here he is, a born-again saved believer. Don't, don't come to me and say that your problem in Los Angeles is different. 
because the gospel is the power of God to salvation wherever it is preached, wherever it is manifested. And if it doesn't work for you, it is because you won't let God do it for you. It is because you will not submit yourself to God. And, and if you come to me and if you say, Pastor Carter, if you only knew my problem, your problem is nothing that God can't handle. God can handle your problem. You've got a twisted up marriage. If you both come and believe, God can heal it. And the person who says, I am emotionally disturbed, then you turn to God and let God make you emotionally stable through the reading of the word and obedience to the gospel. I say it again, greater power here than the power of all the tanks, all the armies that ever marched, all the nuclear missiles, greater power than anything else in the universe. It is the power of God. When we were having the first baptism, as Alexander, whom I love, he's such a dashing figure. You could see him riding a horse. He comes from the Ukraine, uh, from where the Cossacks come. A black moustache, gold in his teeth, just a dashing, good-looking Ukrainian. Uh, as we were driving along, a taxi pulled up beside us, and... Uh, Alexander said through the interpreter, one of my church members, but the president still doesn't trust him or believe him. He's scared of him. I said, why? He said, a member of the Russian mafia. One of the most vicious organizations in the world that makes the, the, the American mafia look like a group of Sunday school kids. Because the Russian mafia is even uh, trying to, to trade in nuclear missiles. Absolutely vicious. Most of them have been communists, atheists, uh, vicious men. And, and I said, Alexander, tell me his story. He said, better than that, I will get him to come and tell you his story. And here is his story. A member of the mafia. And last year with two other members of the mafia, he came to the meetings. I knew nothing about this, but, the, but God knew about it because the gospel is the power of God to salvation. God knew about it, and as I preach the story that we are all sinners, and you've got to know this, we're all sinners, and church members are often the worst of sinners because they're the most self-righteous ones, and any person who claims to be a sinless person, just ask his spouse, they'll tell you. We know it's just a put on, it's another form of sin, this self-righteousness. But there he was sitting in the meeting and he heard the bad news, you're a sinner and you're doomed and you're going to die and you're going to go to hell unless you repent. That is what the Bible teaches and I wish you'd all listen to this. And then we told him the story of Jesus. That Jesus died on the cross. And this man whose name is Sergi came down the front and he gave his life to Jesus and with two other members of the mafia was baptized in the cold waters of the Volga River. Glory be to God. And this, this was a year ago and what happened was this, that the mafia came to them and they said, unless you give up this faith, we're going to kill you. And two of the men who were baptized with him renounced their faith. I'm sorry to tell you that. 
The mafia said, unless you stop going to church on the Sabbath, unless you renounce your faith, we're going to have you put to death. And Sergi said, then you'll have to put me to death because I have found something that is worth more than all the money that the mafia's got. And they were so impressed by his testimony and his sincerity that they frankly forgave him for everything. They said, we forgive you. Even though you have broken the code of silence and even though you have renounced your beliefs in us, we forgive you. And two weeks ago today, it is my privilege to see walk out into the cold, choppy waters of the Volga River this beautiful lady whose name is Anna and she was baptized. She is his wife. Glory be to God. My friend, God can take a man who's in the mafia. You know whom he doesn't have much success with? Smart Alec members of the church who think they know everything and that they're saved and they're self-righteous and they're the only ones who are going to make it and they put everybody else down. God has a hard time with those people. But if you feel your need of Jesus and if you know you're a sinner, and if you come in faith and humility and repentance and say with Sergi, God be merciful to me, a sinner, God forgives and God changes. He'll do it for you if you let him. Then I think of Julia, whom Beverly and I love especially, the governor's sister. Her face just shines and radiates joy peace. There is this, this woman, the governor's sister, who was an atheist, an unbeliever, and she gave her life to Christ. She translated a number of my sermons. She was there at the baptism, and her face is so sweet. She's the advisor to the governor. Who's the advisor to the Russian government? <laughs> the gospel is the power of God to salvation. The greatest power in preaching is the preaching of the cross of Jesus. I was so personally glad to have come with me my friend Paul Mickelson. Now, I didn't know how Paul was going to relate because Paul has been working for that Billy Graham <laughs> so many years whom God has used Amen. in so many different ways. And Paul came along and uh, he played the synthesizer and Paul was loved by the people. I'd see him staggering through the vestibule of the hotel carrying tulips and buckets. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Paul, when we go back again, we want you to come. Amen. Mm. Tell the people your impressions of seeing how the Russians responded to the preaching of Jesus. I made a statement uh, last week to you and then to the congregation that being in uh, Nizhny Novgorod for one month was a life-changing experience for me. As you mentioned, I've had the privilege of traveling with Billy Graham and in meetings, uh, but uh, this today and now was a fantastic experience. I don't think I've shared this with you. A number of years ago when Nikita Khrushchev was the 
uh, head of the Communist Party and the head of the uh, Soviet Union, I had a dream one night. I had a dream one night that he was converted and that things, things changed around and that I saw myself in, in what was then the Soviet Union yeah. in an evangelistic uh, party and we were preaching the gospel. That didn't happen those 30 years ago, but no. thank God, through the changes that have taken place there, it has now happened. And so that, this was a tremendous life-changing experience for me. We saw so many people in London, England, uh, 200,000 people in one day accepting Christ. And I remember Billy used two scriptures right in line with what you were just talking about, about the blood and the cross. Uh, the life of the flesh is in the blood. In other words, we, if we don't have the pump here, our heart, that is bringing life into our blood veins, we do not have life. And uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Those are two scriptures that I recall Billy uh, using. And night after night, as John would preach, I would, I don't know if you noticed this, but I, I like to stay on the platform uh -huh, uh, over by the grand mm -hmm. piano there mm -hmm. because I wanted to see the faces of the people. And uh, these are the people that we were taught for over 70 years that uh, they were our enemies and we were their enemies. But I, I didn't find that so. I no. saw a lovely, lovely face on each person that was there. And as the message of the gospel night after night was preached, I, I just saw such a change. As you first started in the archaeology, it was a darkened auditorium, so mm -hmm. we couldn't see their faces. But as uh, John got into the New Testament and telling about the, the uh, life of Christ and so on, and the shedding of the blood and the cross, what a thrill it was to see when they got their Bibles that they were turning to every scripture. I remember you even had to show them where the book of Revelation was yeah, or, yeah. or the book of Daniel sure. uh, because they did not know where even these scriptures were. So, I, as I say, it was a life-changing experience to me as traveling with Billy Graham was. And I do hope that one of these days that we can go back because I certainly have fallen in love with the people that I thought in my heart were our enemies, but I saw such love in their faces. And as you say, they showered us with, with flowers and we just uh, uh, have uh, such a love for them in our hearts as, as we have spent this time uh, working in the, the ministry. You know, uh, John had to speak through an interpreter, but I, I speak the universal language of music, uh -huh. so I didn't have to learn Russian. <laughs> But to hear them uh, sing the gospel, Norm Matiko was leading and singing his Russian songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a thrill for me, John, to be a part of this and to see the message that John presented. And uh, I guess the final thing I want to say that in those meetings years ago with Billy Graham, uh, with those thousands of people, we would see many, many people coming forward. And what a thrill it was as I would sit there playing just as I am. But the difference here is, for those 70 years, they were told there was no God. And to see not just a small percentage, maybe 20%, 10%, 30%, 30%, I don't know what the percentage was. It looked to me like 98, maybe 100% of them raising their hands. And then when you asked them to come forward, there was no place for them. They kept coming and coming. And uh, it was that was the final thrill. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of it. God bless you, Paul. Thank you. A very fine young man that uh, came with us was Steve Domenico, who was baptized here, as you know, I think two years ago. Steve, I want you to, where is Steve? Here he is. We want Steve to come down, and I've asked Steve to, because this is unrehearsed on, on purpose, 
I want Steve to, to give you what he considered was one of the great highlights. Um, Hold the mic. <laughs> it's kind of tough to uh, single out one event. Oh, we were there for so long and <laughs> so many things happening. But uh, just to summarize, uh, uh, believing in the Bible and then seeing uh, so many things put into action was, uh, uh, I'm unable to describe, uh, witnessing the power of the Holy Spirit. Every promise in the Bible that we uh, cling to and, and brought before the Lord in prayer, uh, immediate answers. Um, people coming and asking intelligent questions, uh, knowing in their heart that there is a God, that they were created, and just waiting for the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, changed my life incredibly, uh, just to see it happening. Knowing that uh, God created man for fellowship with him and that he's walking to glorify his name. And uh, I feel very privileged just to let the Lord go ahead of me. And I just hopped on the wagon and uh, was blessed uh, tremendously. I'm, I'm going back to next year. Bless you, Steve. Bless you. Bless you. Beverly has, of course, come with me on every campaign. She was the person who originally thought up the idea of our going overseas and running large scale crusades. And the first real big overseas crusade we ran was in uh, Papua New Guinea in 1981, but then in Manila in 1984, which was a huge campaign with more than 2,000 baptisms, all Roman Catholics who were one to Jesus and to God's message. Beverly, uh, tell the folks just a little about the special baby. Okay. I wish I had time to tell you about the schools, the hospitals, and um, orphanages. orphanages that I visited, mm -hmm. but perhaps some other time. Many of you will remember that last January, when John and Steve and myself went to Nizhny, that we had the sad occasion of the young Russian mother dying at the birth of her twins, and one of the, the twins also passed away. And so this time, I was eager to see the one remaining twin, and Dr. Victor, who has been a Christian for, for a number of years now, took me out to her family's home. And I'm thrilled to tell you that she is being brought up in a very loving Christian atmosphere. She lives in a home, not an apartment, which I was glad to see because some of those apartments are so Pretty small. Great. And um, she's being brought up by her mother's sister. Now, they've called the baby Anna after her mother. So when I say I'm talking about the baby, I'll call her baby Anna. And uh, she had, the aunt has three sons, and of course baby Anna will grow up knowing them as her brothers, not as cousins because they're so close. And also on that day, her Anna's brother was there, who is the leader of the literature evangelism for the Euro-Asia division, and he is also a wonderful Christian man. But something else happened there that day that impressed me greatly. The grandparents were there, Anna's parents. And as I spoke to them, they told me a wonderful story, especially the father, Pastor Parachuk. He was brought up in, the, in Romania. They are Ukrainians, or his family are Ukrainians. And as a little boy, he lived in Romania. And he told me that as he went to school day by day, he was beaten up and badly treated because he was a Christian. And when he went to university, after a few months, he was dismissed because he was a bad student, which, was, of course, was a lie. He wasn't a bad student. He was a very good student. 
but he was a Christian, so he was dismissed. But just back to when he was a little boy, he told me that one day some of the members of the state church told the KGB that this family were traitors, they were spies. And so he, with the rest of his family, were arrested and were told that they would be shot. But thanks be to God, he protected them and they were saved. And this little boy grew up to become this pastor, the father of Anna. And so this little girl, the baby Anna, is being brought up in this wonderful Christian home. And um, Susan Zenk, you'll be happy to know, as I gave them the gifts of the little frocks, and they dressed her in the frocks and the little shoes and, and stockings, and the little thing on the head, you know, they'd never seen one of those little ribbons, you know, that go around the head mm -hmm. and with a little tie on the top. And when I put that on baby Anna's head, they were just tinkled, tickled pink, as it were. And I do have a photo, so I hope one day I can show that to you. But I just thank God for the power of the gospel that this family, Pastor Parachuk, even over the years, when the leaders of his country tried to destroy the image or the, the name of God, it wasn't destroyed in his family. And then he taught his daughter Anna, and she one day will see her twins again, and baby Anna too will be reunited with her family. And so I thank God for the power of the gospel yeah. because it's what saves us. And I thank God too that he's looking after baby Anna. Praise God. Praise God. And remember this. What we're talking about is not a lot of, of theory. This gospel that we're talking about today is the gospel that raises the dead. <laughs> when you think of, of Anna who was buried with one little baby cradled to her breast uh, we showed you the videotape of that that was last January in the midst of that bitter Russian winter but one day Anna is going to hear the voice of the life giver and Jesus is going to say Anna come on home and Anna is going to be raised from the dead, and that little beautiful baby is going to be raised also. The little baby she's, she's nursing. And then Jesus will have to do a little explaining, because quite likely he'll say, I want you to meet Anna, I want you to meet Anna. And maybe there'll be a little girl, or maybe a beautiful, a beautiful woman, I'm not quite sure. But Anna is going to be united again. She's going, to be, she's going to be brought into that wonderful love relationship with a daughter that she's never known. And that's why the Bible says the gospel is the power of God to salvation. I tell you, my friend, I would hate to be an unbeliever. Wouldn't you? I'd hate to be an unbeliever. I'd hate to think that, that this life is the only life we're ever going to have when I know that Jesus has died for me and that Jesus has been raised from the dead and he's my high priest in glory and he's going to come back again soon and take us home to heaven. So we thank God today that we are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to salvation to every person who believes to the American and to the Russian and to the Australian because the just shall live by faith. So, let us make this very practical today. Each person watching, each person in the church, 
If you say today, it works over there, I wish it would work here. I want you to know today that the same Holy Spirit, Jonathan, who works in Gorky and Dzinsk and Moscow is alive and working here in Glendale and in Los Angeles and these United States of America. And the Bible tells me that if we will turn our lives to God and believe in God, then the power of God will be manifested in these mortal bodies. Now, I tell you what we're going to do now. I didn't plan to do this, but we're going to have a wonderful time right now. We're going to do something marvelous. I'm going to tell you in a moment about plans for the future. And I want the people on 3ABN to hear this. We, we've been asked to run another major campaign with 3ABN for next year. But there's a tremendous need for training lay pastors. You think, my friend, a year ago in Gorky there were 200 believers, now there are 4,000. And we don't have the pastors, they're still being trained at the seminary. The conference brethren have said, help us, help us by raising a budget of $25,000 so we can train 50 lame people who can be pastors. This is not to take the place of the seminary graduates, but it's to hold the fort. And then around Russia, in this conference alone, please listen to me, in this conference alone, there are 60 cities between 100,000 and half a million that have never heard the name of Jesus except in blasphemy. We want to start a video ministry. We want to get video projectors. Don't you think this is a great idea? This is what we did in Dzinsk. The McAlpins went over there. We call him Evangelist Marvin. He went over there with a video projector. And they showed some of our videos with Leonard translating. And because of that video evangelism, 1,500 people made decisions for Jesus. We want to do this in all of those cities. Because how on earth are they going to know Paul unless we take them the gospel of Jesus? They're not going to know if we, uh, if we just sit around and talk about it. And so we want to start the greatest campaign in our experience in evangelism to reach all of these cities for Jesus. Now, I'm going to now make an altar call. This is the altar call. Here it is. I want everybody to come. An altar call, if you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, if you want to have the power of the gospel in your life, if you're going to be a partner with us in the preaching of the gospel here in Los Angeles, we're planning a major campaign in September, October, and we're thinking if the Lord gives us the money, of bringing over Steve Jackaback. We're just thinking about that. Praying that if the Lord is going to open doors, he'll do so. But those who'll be partners with us in preaching the gospel on 3ABN, in preaching the gospel on all these television outlets, we're on seven cable stations now in Los Angeles, right across this place. Uh, those who will be partners with us on radio uh, evangelism, those who will be partners with us in working for the whole of the ex-Soviet Union. Uh, if, if you can say those things, I'm going to ask you now to stand up, just come down the front, and we're going to hold hands and we're going to pray a prayer of consecration, a prayer of dedication, and a prayer of thanks be to God that the gospel is the power of God. Would you come now? Come, and, come down and stand with me. And come and stand and say, I'm going to be your partner.
Come and stand with me. And we're going to hold up two Bibles today. You know, one day China is going to open up. And by the grace of God, we want to be there when China opens up. Hold the English Bible. And I want to hold. And we've got Mikhail here today, representing Russia. Bless him. And Rose there too, I notice. We bless people in many ways, don't we? I want you all to come. This is a prayer of, of solidarity, a prayer that we're saying we're going to reach out and evangelize. We're going to preach the gospel. You know, last year we gave out 30,000 of these Russian Bibles. This year, so far, 22,000 of these Russian Bibles. Isn't that something? And, and, and a thousand Bibles to little children. Uh, how God has blessed so far in this one city, 50,000 people have got Bibles for the first time in their own tongue. And if today you want to be a partner with us, the rest of you, come down. Come on. Let's make room for them. Come down closer, folks. Come down closer. Come on. You don't need to be scared of me. The Russians aren't. Come on down. Fill up the place and say, we are going to be partners with God. And you can fill up this space. Come a little closer here. I don't need all that space. I'm not that wide. Mm, you won't crush me. This is a prayer to say, I want the power of the gospel in my life. I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I want Jesus in my life. I don't want to be a half-baked Christian. I want to be a Christian fully consecrated to God. And I want to be a Christian who is going to help in the preaching of this gospel around the world. I'm glad to say today that we have been a part of something that is historical. Uh, we've had the privilege of influencing the governor of this whole part of Russia. And he right now is working with Boris Yeltsin in the creation of a great new constitution for Russia. We've had a part in that, folks. Hard to believe, isn't it? Hard to believe what God is doing. Uh, I want to say to every person here today, don't be discouraged. Don't feel like giving up. We've got a God who is bigger than any force in this world. Now, those of you who, who didn't come, who couldn't come, would you like to stand? A prayer of consecration to God. You want to be part of God's work. You want to be a child of God. And maybe there's somebody who came in here today and you're not a committed Christian. I want to say to you, get committed because think what you're missing out on. You're living just the poorest, mediocre life when you can be turned on to the greatest power in the universe. You know, people come to me and they say, if I become an Adventist Christian, what do I have to give up? I say, it's not what you've got to give up, it's what you've got to get. You've got to get the power of God in your life. You've got to get covered by the blood of Jesus. You've got to get the Holy Spirit, and He's got to get you. Don't talk to me about giving up anything for Jesus. The only thing we give up are those things that aren't worth keeping, like dirty cigarettes and a bad breath from smoking dirty cigarettes and eating bad food. You've never given up anything that's worth keeping. So don't give me that garbage. When we come to Jesus, he gives us everything. You know, the rich young ruler came to Jesus. Jesus said to him, one thing you lack. 
Jesus didn't say you've got to give up something. Jesus said there's one thing you lack. And I want to say there may be a person here today and if Jesus were talking to you, he'd say one thing you lack. You lack power in your life. You lack peace in your heart. You lack the covering of the blood of Jesus. You lack commitment in your marriage. You lack happiness and joy. Then I want to give it to you today if you'll only let your stubborn will go and make a commitment of yourself to me today. And we're standing here today down the front and we're standing here in this congregation and we're standing in, in joy and we're standing in commitment to preach the everlasting gospel which is the power of God to every person in this city and to take this precious news of a Russian Christ to the Russian people. We thank God for what he's done. We thank God that today in Gorky, hundreds more are walking out in the cold waters and getting baptized. We thank God that all around that city, there are young people who are saying, thank God that you came. Thank God that you brought us Jesus. We were in darkness. I think today of the Sergis and the Natashas and the Olgas, and I think of the Tatianas and the Svetlanas and the Barises. And I think of our young bodyguard, Dima, the young soldier who came from Afghanistan. I think of the young Russian soldier on the boat last Sunday, a week ago, who was baptized just the day before. And he came to me, there he was in his uniform looking great. And through the interpreter he said, Pastor Carter, I've been sent by the Russian army right up there to the northern reaches of Siberia. He said, I wish you'd pray for me that I'll be strong. It's not easy to be a Christian, he said, in the Russian army. We get treated like, like animals. He said, please pray for me. And I put my arm around that young Russian soldier boy and prayed that God would keep him safe and strong. Think of him today. His name is Sergi somewhere up there in Siberia. He took his Bible. I wrote a message in his Bible and I said, be true to Jesus, Sergi. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep the faith, Sergi. Keep the faith. I say to you today, I am sick of an anemic gospel that calls for nothing. I say, give me a gospel that will stand suffering. Give me a gospel that will give everything. Give me a gospel that, that costs the life of God's dear Son. And so I call you today to a holy commitment. I call you out of a popularity gospel. I call you out of a prosperity gospel. I call you out of a lot of sham and flam and flamboyance. I call you to a gospel of the cross the bleeding Son of God. I call you to a gospel of sacrifice. Somebody says to me today, I will follow Jesus if he gives me enough. If he gives me enough money. I say, Jesus is calling you to him if he gives you nothing. But he'll give you everlasting life at the end of the road with tribulations. And so, I'm calling every person today, every young person, every old person, don't mis misunderstand me. Don't turn a deaf ear. 
Don't walk out of this church and say, well, it's back to my old latest sin, Adventist way of living. What has that done for the world except curse it? What this world needs is a vibrant Christianity that is based on the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus, less politicking and more getting after souls. Less committees and more preaching the word. Mm. Less spending money on nonsense and more spending money on Russian Bibles. <laughs> what do you say? Amen. Amen and glory be to God. Mm. Yeah.